A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Delinquent Duo Podcast. My name is Sonny, and I am here with my co-host. Yo, it's your boy, Caleb. Alrighty, this is episode two. We are coming to you right after the results of the most recent LCS, which is LCS 13, just took place, uh, ended today, which is Sunday, May 9th. So... A little bit interesting. Uh, we're just going to jump right on into it. What did you think about the LCS today? How much of it were you able to catch and stuff, Caleb? Uh, wasn't able to catch a whole lot of it. I had to do a lot of, had to do a lot of uh, housework today. I uh, did catch that 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 uh, that last game. Oh man, that was, who that 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 was. It was a good match. Yeah, yeah. That oh man, that that was uh. It was a it was a nail biter. It was was it. That's what I was trying to remember. Nail biter. It yeah. was a serious nail biter. It was a back and forth. Ooh. And what's crazy was, so we were watching on Distant Coder's stream, and he had it. So when he went in, when he started the match, because it was a three v three, which I'm sure most people realize, the three v three it started, and he said, "All right, all right, chat, which which match are we gonna watch?" And they chose this match. The other two matches ended in like 20, 25 minutes, and this one went the full time allotment and it went into game three game three people are freaking out they're like game three the other matches are decided so it's this one game for the all the marbles baby you know oh yeah all you know, to get first it'll it meant, it meant the difference between getting first place and second place as it usually does <laughs> so this is let's talk about first place and what exactly they got here because um so just before we go any further, it was 3v3, it was 70 teams entered. That's a total of 210 participants. Yes. So, which I think normally the LCS is, I, I don't have numbers to back this up, but I feel like normally they run somewhere in the neighborhood of 350 to 400 participants. And there might be a little bit of a reason behind the lower participation this time, if, if those numbers are right. Um and a lot of that is due to they they changed up the prize support rather drastically this time. Uh, usually it's first, second, third, all the way through top eight, and maybe even top sixteen, depending on entry levels. But I think normally through top eight, they do cash prizes, which was always the big draw of an LCS. But this time they decided to do things a bit differently. Oh yes, this time instead, first place would get 15 copies of Pot of Prosperity, which at $85 a piece comes out to about $1,200 if you were to sell off all the copies and didn't keep any. Right, but they also get a case of Ancient Guardians. A whole case. Right. 24 packs per box, that's 12 booster boxes, that's about 288 packs. This caused some outrage in the community when they transferred to uh, all, all product, but... I, okay, so I don't know the exact reason that they decided to transfer to all product. 
But from what I could gather on the Facebook page, there was some, there was a lot of people that were upset over what exactly it was that you would, you know, that you would get. The The prize support upset a lot of people. And so what they did was they arranged a third party fence to where if you wanted cash instead of product they couldn't technically legally they could not call it a buyout but what they did instead was the third party and this was all before the event it was all listed on their facebook page exactly how much it would be if you decided you didn't want the product and you instead wanted the cash there was a certain number that they would give you for the cash payout which i don't have it pulled up in front of me but that's an interesting concept because you can't call it a buyout, but at the same time, I mean, people want money. People uh, don't want the cards. They oh, already absolutely. have them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going into this already having all the cards, you you want the money because then you know because there you know because all the costs of you maybe having to take the day off of work if you have to work uh, normally, uh, end up having to take two days if you made it to day two. Uh, well, now I'm thinking about now I'm thinking about that's really the only cost uh, for these since the LCS are all online. Well, there is the entry fee also. Yes, and the entry fee, of course. So, it's it's an interesting change that a lot of people were not happy about. I mean, they they a lot of people were saying boycott it, which is that's an interesting you know extreme to take it to because this is. Right now, obviously, they've got the you know the extravaganzas and the invitationals and stuff, but this is really the only competitive environment that we have to play in right now. But um, I've got to pull up here some of the representation numbers, um, which is really interesting. I've got top eight and the full representation. So that's top eight teams. Right. Well, yeah. So I've got it. Broken down here on the LCS site, top 24 players, and top, which is top 18. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, total representation in the entire event was out of 210 players, 53 are playing Dragon Link. Ooh. That's over a quarter of the field playing Dragon Link. Yep. That's, that's a lot of D-Link. Second most represented is Invoke Dogmatica Shadals, which, I mean... Honestly, I, I don't know about you, I I didn't see a ton of that translated into Top Cut. Uh, I actually have the entire top, top, top Cut right here. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, okay. So we'll talk about the translation here in a second. Uh, 25 Prank Kids, 20 Tri Brigade. Now, it's important to mention, this is not just Tri Brigade Lyralisk. This is several different Tri Brigade variants. Some Pure, some Tri Brigade Zodiac, some Tri Brigade Lyralisk. There, there's... A lot of different ways to play this deck, and it was shown with the deck lists submitted. Um, then we have 20 Eldritch decks, uh, 15 Dino, 5 Virtual World, which is very interesting, 4 Mech Knights, 4 Subterror, and 33 other. And why don't you talk a little bit more about the uh, top cut? So, uh, over in top 8, we got we had a total of 8, eight, dragon de- eight Dragon Link decks, 4 Prank Kids, 3 Dino... One Dino Shadal. That's which shocked that's me. Something. Um, uh, three uh, Dogmatica Invoke Shadal. One Dogmatica Shadal. Three Zoo. Uh, and the three Zoos were a Pure Zoo, Zoo Eldritch, and Tri Zodiac, and one Eldritch deck. Now the three Zoo decks were all on the same team. Interesting. Uh, and then two of the prank kids were on the same team with a D-Link, with a D-Link player. The, what was on the same team with a D-Link player? Oh, it was, uh, two prank kid players were on the same team as a D-Link player. Right, and that was, that was the team that ended up winning it all. Yep, that was the team that ended up winning it all, winning it all. Um, and the final it was, uh, the ones that we watched was prank kid versus a dino deck, which normally dinosaurs have a pretty good matchup against... Combo. Yeah, combo like prank kids, but they were able to... You know, she, you know, we're, we're able to uh, irk out a win. Um, now the now the thing now when I heard that his other teammates was a D Link and a Prank Kids another Prank Kids player, I went, oh, 
then maybe, you know, then it was obviously one win, one loss, and this was only a deciding one. And then I learned that the D-Link player lost his game, it lost his match. Hmm. And the Prank Kids beat another Dino deck. Well, the interesting thing about the Prank Kids, I feel like I feel like there may be a factor of when UCT goes into attack to burn, it's not quite as effective as it would be against other decks because of the ability of dropsies to increase your life every time it hits the grave. So it's got to be being able to go up to nine, ten, eleven thousand life, you know, on a whim. It it does help and it does make a difference. But what what's really interesting is just talking about some of this. Um, just talking about some of the translation here. So out of fifty three dragon link, eight made top cut which is which represents a third of top cut so a quarter of the field uh ended up getting a third of the representation of top cut which is a pretty good deviation mm-hmm. because it's not a one for one translation but in fact it got better so you're looking at what in theory is the best deck translating uh the four dino is interesting to me because there was only 15 dino decks oh, yeah. and one of them was dino shadal which that see that's so interesting to me. I can't what, I, I can't wait for that deck list to come out. I I am curious. Yeah, we well, see. Okay, so this even though this is getting posted on probably Tuesday, this is getting recorded Sunday, like yeah. an hour or two after the LCS ends. Oh yeah. So not a lot of time, but the Dino Shadal deck is very interesting because I think it was only playing about a seven or eight card Shadal package. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, it was really just using it to turbo out Winda. Yeah, but I mean three Winda, uh, well, not El, three, not three El Shadal Winda, three Shadal Winda, the, right? Main deck Winda, yeah, main deck, maybe, uh, which I think is actually called Windy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Squamatas, a Genius, if you're if you're feeling uh spicy there, and an Ariel, uh, and one Russian Incarnation, you're good to go. Yeah, I mean that that's one way to play it. Um, I think it was probably running. Some variation. It had to be some running schism. That card's broken. Oh, so broken, so broken. Um, you know. Then of course you also have the fusions. But I mean, but I mean, how big of a Dino package you really need for Dino to do what Dino does? Um, realistically, two UCT, two Arcosaur, two Double Evolution Pill, three Misk, three of the uh, Oviraptor, one Giant Rex. Uh, three Lost World, one Terraforming. That's eighteen cards, and I'm. Oh, and the babies. You need four of the babies, so that's yeah. twenty twenty two cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. With that, that's easily fittable with the Shadal package. Well, if you do twenty two of those nine card Shadal engine, uh, that leaves you space for nine and traps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, you could tech in a small engine and still run. You know, your Ash Blossoms, your Nibiru's, and, you know... Gamma, if you're that kind of player. Right, whatever you desire. Oh, and, well, Dinos either need to be running probably three Prosperity at this point, because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Unless you're... But I would think that that you wouldn't do that because you're also... Because of the Shadal package. Well, Dinos don't need their extra deck. So, really... do. Yeah, but you're only running a Wind and an Apcolone, probably. You're only running, you know, a handful... Maybe Construct... Yeah, you're only That's running. Big baby. You're only running two or three Shadal monsters, so at that point you just need to save your Shadals and save your um, save your Shadals and save your Lagia, you know, one Lagia, one Dolga, and a Dweller maybe. But the pro- pro- for prosperity, you can choose what you banish, so it doesn't really. That is true. That is true. It's not extravagance. Yeah. Uh, anyway, then we also had three Demonica invoked and one uh, Dogmatica invoked Shadal and one in uh, Dogmatica Shadal. Um, so really, basically, like four Dogmatica invoked Shadal variants. Variants. Right. So, so thirty-one. It was the second most played deck. Thirty-one went in. Four translated. So we're talking about half the dinos went in and the same number translated. Does that really mean that it's the second best deck just because it was the second most represented? Probably not. Um, it was not to say it's not good, but no, absolutely not. It's a fantastic deck. Um, but if someone was asked what the second best deck in the format right this second is, I would probably say Dino. But we're talking a very close second um, to 
something along the lines of maybe Eldlich. Yeah, I, which it's so interesting because there are several decks that are tier one, but Dragon Link is just so far and away the best deck right now. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But I mean, it, it's just because the oppressive board that it makes. Like I'm a Dragon Link player. I think it's kind of bullshit and probably needs to take a hit of some kind. Um, but that's a discussion for another time for the moment. Uh, so what else do we have in, uh, what else do we have in translation here? We've got, so here's an interesting one. There were 25 prank kids in total representation and three translated to top cut. Four, four translated top cut. I'm sorry, four. My bad. No, you're good. So, of the three, four, whatever the number is that translated to top cut, two of those were in the winning deck. We're in the winning team, which leads me to believe that if the winning team is prank two double prank kids and one dragon link, are we just in a combo centric format right now? I mean, the entire TCG is is way more combo combo centric than the OCG, where it's more control, where it's more control oriented. Um, the TCG has just, has just kind of always been a little more on the combo side. Right. We are 100% in a full combo shenanigans. I think that could be part of why Dino has such a high representation because of its strong combo matchup. Oh, absolutely. And it's just kind of not caring about whatever you got going because I can just... Break your board every time. Just drop a misc. Yeah. GG. Uh... And this is the last thing that I'm going to point out here that is just so interesting. Well, I guess we have two more things to talk about. Uh, the main thing that really interests me, though, out of this is 20 Eldlich represented. I mean, 20 Eldlich represented in the total breakdown. One. One. One and a half. Okay. Because one, well, one, one, one of the Zoo decks was a Zoo Lich deck, so one and a half. Okay, one and a half. Well, let's just say two. Just off of... Just round it up. Give it the credit. There's two Eldritch decks out of 24 players in Top Cut. Oh, yeah. Does that speak... What What? what does that say? What I mean... I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, there, I mean, I'm thinking that... My best guess is that because... Is that maybe Eldritch is a bad matchup against Prank Kids. I, I don't know much about that matchup. Um, I know they have a bad matchup against Dino... Because uh, mostly, uh, mostly because they don't care. Oh no, you sent my. Well, UCT just kind of bodies. Ex- uh, exact the whole deck. Exact. Well, specifically the Golden Lord. Yeah, yeah. Cause, oh yeah, because no, it can uh, crash into it even after it has its attack buff. Right. Or, and even then, it can just use its effect, flip it face down, and run it over with its twenty eight hundred defense. Right. Because then it loses the attack buff if it gets bookamooned. Exactly. I think that. Eldlich is a good deck. It's a strong engine. There is a chance it's just too slow. At this point in the meta, absolutely. Um, I can totally, uh, I can totally see that as a thing. Which for the, which for the players that are locals that are all playing Eldlich, this is not to say that the deck itself is bad. No, no, no. It's a great deck. I mean, I play Eldritch. It's it's my main. But mm, I don't know that there just aren't better options right now. It's a good strong deck, and if you play it right, it's going to win games. But every single time we see Dragon Link come out on top, it's time and time again, tournament after tournament, result after result. Um, we went to a case tournament in Mendenhall, Mississippi a while back. Dragon Link went undefeated through Swiss. It, you know, took care of every matchup it needed to take care of because it's just so strong. Now, do keep in mind that at this LCS, the D-Link player that was on the winning team pretty much got carried by the Prank Kid players. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we say that jokingly. But, jokingly, I, I, I'm sure that the D-Link player is just as good as the, the Prank Kid players. It is probably just a bad match if it happens. Um... But yeah, no, D-Link is absolutely the best uh, deck in the format at the moment. Yeah, I think that shows with not only not only the representation overall, but representation in Top Cut. I feel like it really stands out. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, now another th- now another thing that I was expecting was some something from Ancient Guardians pot cropping up, specifically something in the uh, in the Abhis archetype. And oh yeah, the Ogdo Addicts. Yeah, the Ogdo Addicts. We really didn't see anything from them. Uh, there um, was a team. I think they were got eleventh place, so they missed out on top cut. Okay, okay. and that was Jesse Cotton, which is you know, oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, two or three time national champion. He's represented the United States at Worlds or Canada, whatever country at Worlds. The last like three Worlds, he's yeah. very well renowned. Um, and he was playing it, and he got his team got eleventh, but he was playing in. Lord help us all! It was invoked. Ugh, great. Um, oh, I did also, I do also remember hearing someone was in fact running Abhis Orcust. That's interesting. I guess the floatiness makes sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh no, um, you know, in a couple of big Yugi tubers have already put out videos of, uh, Orcust plus the Abhis, and oh lord, did they float each other. I think, hmm, I think part of that is due to the, hmm. Part of that is due to the Orcist engine in the OCG. They have Harpoor. Oh, absolutely. And so the first thing people do when a new thing comes out here is they go see how the OCG built it and how the OCG did it. And that's what they did. They did, you know, they used Orcist uh, Ogdoatic. Yeah, they did Orcist Ogdoatic. And over there, the deck did well. I think it was topping a couple of events. But... Over they, here without Harpoor, it's yeah, just... Yeah, they, they have Harpoor. Get, give Orcus back one Harpoor. Just one. Just one. Card's broken, dude. Just one. I don't know about that, man. That's, just, just one. That might be a discussion for a different day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's something that can be discussed at a different day. Um, Overall, though, it's an interesting representation. Dragonlink, Dino, Zodiac. The, the Zodiac was interesting, too, because of four Zodiacs, you have one Eldritch, two Tri-Brigades, and one Pure. Out of 20 Zodiacs, at, uh, or I'm sorry, is it 20 Zodiacs? So Zodiac isn't even listed in their representation. Oh, that's interesting. So there might have only been five or six Zodiac players to begin with. Yeah, yeah, and uh, three of them got in, got went uh, completely undefeated in Swiss. Four of them. That's went, right. Well, uh, well three was... of them went uh, who were on the same team went completely right. undefeated in Swiss. There were <laughs> that was so funny. They were Simulation 1, Simulation 2, and Simulation 3 were their names. Yeah, yeah, which which I thought was funny. Oh, it's hilarious. It's interesting to me that these decks are built the way they are, especially the, the Invoke Dogmatica Shadal decks, because if you look at what that deck is doing, the it's all built around, in a way, not entirely, but it's all built around Turbo Winda. Well, it's well, it's Turbo Winda, and then tur- then try to Turbo either Macaba or Caligula. Caliga, preferably both, if it if possible, which is possible but not likely. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting to me, and really, you're not looking to put Winda on the board on your turn. It's more have the schism set with the ability to put it out. Oh yeah, if if oh yeah, no, if you can get uh, access to set the schism, you, you most if you and you have a shadow engrave, you have access to window on your opponent's turn. Pretty much, yeah. It's this this is really leading well into our next major topic that we're going to discuss here, which is something that's really been a big issue and a big heated debate within the community here lately, which is should should all window be banned? El should all window, I should say, yeah. um, because a lot of people fall on the fence of Shadal window is an oppressive card, and it should be banned. I'll be very, I'll be the first to admit I'm on that I'm I'm on that side of the fence. I, I think window should be banned. I, I don't like the card. I don't like the design of the card. I don't like that it can't be destroyed by card effects, and it limits you to one summon per turn. Meaning. If you can't hit it in that one summon and get it gone in that one summon, that's all there is to it. It's you know it's it's rough to recover from that. Oh yeah. Um, now do keep in mind that Winda isn't particularly big. If your if your opponent had uh, summons a Pank, you lose your Winda. 
they just summon Pank, enter battle phase, swing over. But Pank is a is a is a non-surgeable one of. That's just one right. example. Um, <clears throat> within the meta, there are plenty of outs to Winda bite. Which, which side of the fence do you fall on here, Caleb? Oh, I absolutely believe that Winda should not be banned. Okay. Um, if they touch Winda, I think at worst it should be limited to one. Because then if you out it, it's just gone. That's that, it. Um, yeah, but Winda does not. Winda at one does nothing, and we know it. Depend. Well, it depends on what deck you're playing. Uh, d- decks that are actually running Shadal and not Dogmatica's BS, uh, they run two to three Windas. Uh, two to three App Cologne, which is an entirely, which is an entirely discussion on its own. I don't think Pure Shadal would run that many App Clones and Windas, though, just because it's so combo-oriented of a deck that it really Se- needs the space. As a Shadal player, that second Winda absolutely comes up. Um... Uh, me personally, I run three construct, two Winda, two App Cologne, and from what and from what I've seen from other Shadal players, that's pretty standard. Okay. Uh, so I'll, you, I'll put a disclaimer. I don't know the deck. I, I don't play oh, the yeah. deck. Uh, that's give or take one card. Some people prefer to have one App Cologne, but three Winda. Others prefer three App Cologne. At that point, you're nitpicking based on your local and. You know, what else you're also playing? Making meta calls. Yeah, you're, that's v- making various meta calls. It's, it's so interesting to me, though, because if you look at the history of what we've had happen in the game before, Konami doesn't have, like, a general policy of, you know, this card's the problem. Let's hit this card. Because sometimes they say, this card's the problem. Let's hit all these other cards around it for no reason. Well, usually in that kind of situation, the reason is because the problem card they're still making money off of. Right, so if you look at something like Christian Halky Fibrax, it was the cause of countless cards getting banned. And th- this is a much more recent mm-hmm. uh, card than a lot of people you know, might come think about. But Halky Fibrax has been an absolute issue since the day it released. With the advent of Master Rule 5, I mean, you're, we're talking about God, five, six, seven cards now being banned to save the one Halki Firebrax. And like you said, a lot of it's just so Konami was, they were still printing dual overload, so let's save it, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and now that they have, st- uh, as far as I know, they stopped printing dual overload, but they're going to keep the Christian Haka Firebrax legal because it's available to be a reprint in the 2021 10. They want to push those things out as quickly as they can. And it just got the ulti reprint in OTS. 15? Exactly. And they so, want to promote that. So so Konami's still making money off Kirsch and Haka Fibrax. So all the good tuners get to go get to go get locked away in the banish in the banishment prison. Yep. It's gonna be like Summon Sorceress and Firewall Dragon getting other things banned for a year or more. Until Konami stops making money off of that specific card, and then they'll ban it and then unban all the stuff around it. Maybe. So usually. Usually. See, here's another card that I ooh, I bring it up all the time because it makes me so mad. Is Wind Up Carrier Zen Maidy. I personally think that, that that wasn't the problem card. Sure, it being a soft once per turn was an issue, but the real problem card was Wind Up Hunter being able to not being once per turn, being able to constantly loop to, you know, oh, get yeah. rid of your opponent's hand. A la Cannon Soldier. Right. For same those principle. who know for those who know Cannon Soldier. Exactly. Or Toon Cannon Soldier. That one's searchable. <laughs> to be fair, you are right on that. To be fair. Yeah. Because of the tune. It's an interesting discussion because there's there's no consistency with it. Sometimes, though, they go right after the problem card. Look at something like True King of All Calamities. They didn't hit anything else in the Virtual World deck or the Virtual World engine. They went straight for Calamities mm-hmm. because they know that Virtual World without Calamities... It's still a good playable deck. Oh yeah, and they also went after a uh, Zexel finally because, and part I mean part of the part of what was so bad about VFD and which is what the community calls uh, True King of All Calamities. Yeah, um, and Zexel is that you couldn't respond to them. Right, you just could not. It was... Well, technically, you could respond to True King of All Calamities, but then they would just activate Chuche and pop it, make, making you know. Yeah, it it resolves anyway. Yeah, exactly. You basically there was there was no responding to either one of these cards. Zexel, if I recall correctly, outright stated you could not yeah. respond to it, which 
And then yep. its whole thing was you don't get to play the game for the turn. Yeah, it's it's an issue. <laughs> it was an issue that I'm glad it's gone. Yeah, I agree. But that brings us back to Winda. Okay, so let's let's work through your theory of if the card is the issue, are they still making money off of it, etc. So are they still making money off of the cards that, that is the problem, or are they still making money off of the cards that support the problem card? Okay, so at the moment, uh, with the what people say is the window problem... Um, Let's there's... go through the combo line. Okay, so that depends... Again, that your combo line absolutely depends on your what specific deck you're running. Let's, That's fair. Let's take the shortest combo line to get into a window, which would be the Shadal and uh, the Dogmatica Shadal deck. Right. Dogmatica Shadal runs one one main deck Shadal card, Shadal Schism, and then they run Abclone and Winda and the extra deck. No, some of them run uh, Ariel too to get that graveyard banishes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Abs- I mean, Ariel. Usually, it's like a five card engine though, like realistic. Yeah, yeah. And the Shadal fusions. They 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 do run Shadal fusion. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah okay. Mill out the window immediately. Call it, a nine, yeah. call it an eight, nine card engine, whatever. Not even. Not um, a big engine. But, you know, but all, that, but vast majority of them ran literally just Shadalskism in, in the main with Epicolone and Winda in the extra. So what they do is they, act, they would activate Nadir Servant. Part of the cost of Nadir Servant is you have to send a card from Erickson to the graveyard. Right. Triggering Epicolone's graveyard effect to search for a Shadal card. Then you have to discard a card, add Schism to hand, discard a card, whatever. Um, you're already at a plus one off into your servant immediately right there. Set schism pass. Schism, for those of you who don't know, should all schism, is a continuous trap card that allows you to fuse during uh the main phase, either main phase, using uh any monster out of your uh, uh out of your graveyard to make a Shadal monster. Window requires a Shadal monster or dark attribute monster. App Cologne is a Shadal monster. If you have any dark attribute monster in your graveyard, bam, you got a window. And it's really, like, really easy to it's, make. I mean, even even if you have a legitimate option is if you can even get an Alistair the Invoker in your graveyard. Or if your opponent is running any kind of a dark deck. Uh, you know, there's too many easy ways for Schism to be abused here. Well, okay, so Schism... Okay, so the whole, you know, your opponent having a dark attribute, it, with, with the Schism stuff, it doesn't matter because it's exclusively... Your field, your graveyard. Right. Yeah. Um, you're thinking of like Super Poly, which is its own beast. Uh anyway. Um so okay, so with them the it's all the in all the dogmatic all the dogmatic stuff, which is still being printed, so they're still making money off all that, is what's getting you into the searchable Shadal Schism, which I don't think should be searchable to begin with, um, into Apcolon and Winda. Uh, and then if you go into Invoke Shadal, uh, their whole thing is, you know, they'll, they'll try they'll try and make Winda the way Shadal normally makes Winda, mm-hmm. um, which is via El, uh, which is via uh, El Shadal Fusion, Shadal Fusion, uh, Super Poly. If you're running them, I don't know why you wouldn't in Shadals, <laughs> um, right? You know, like so that, that's how you know that's how those, those make them. Then using the Alistair stuff to make the Macaba or the uh, Caliga, preferably Macaba, usually. Right. Um, <clears throat> which, you know, just dumping two Shadal Engrave. Uh, there's multiple ways you can, you can go and search into the schism there. Uh, the, the most common way I've ever, the most common way I've ever done it is make Construct, in fact, Construct mill the schism and then immediately link off the Construct to get the schism to hand. Right. But then I'm then I'm having a link into gravity controller, right? It, it's there's a clean line there in any form of the deck though is the point to get into Winda. No matter which way you go, there's there there's always a line. And but if you look at the cards that are considered the problems here, though, we're talking about Nadir Servant. We're talking about Shadal Schism. Possibly Magical Meltdown. Oh, absolutely, the Magical Meltdown. Depending, um, I mean, but that depends on if we're talking about Windows still or if we're talking about the Invoked Engine being part of the problem. Uh, well, oh, well, okay, okay, so like even... And Apcolon is the other card. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, so like with Magical Meltdown, it makes Schism, you cannot respond to Schism. Right. Or El Shadal Fusion, or Shadal Fusion. Right. Or Invocation. Right. Which, in and of itself, is absolutely disgusting. 
Like, they, that, that was just a mistake on their part. It should have been, your fusion summon of an invoked monster can't be stopped. Not just, your fusion spell can't be stopped. Right. So, the cards that, going off the theory of, you know, they're not going to ban the card they're still making money off of. Theoretically, with the 2021 Megatons coming up, the cards that they're still making or have the potential to still make money off of would be the Schism, printed in Rise of the Duelist, mm-hmm. Nadir Servant, printed in Rise of the Duelist, and honestly, even Apcolon. Apcolon only has one printing, and that's in the Shadal Showdown structure deck. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So... They're, oh, yeah, those are all problem cards that need to be dealt with, but they're not going to anytime soon because they can all make money off them off the 2021 10s. Right. I mean, Apcolon could get the reprint in the 10s, or even an OTS pack, a side set. Mm-hmm. Apcolon could get a reprint in any of these places. So what we have to wonder is, with all this potential, are they going to hit Winda since they're not really making any money off of Winda? It's already got several different rarities, several different printings. Okay, if Konami R&D was going to decide we're going to hit something in this strategy pile of cards invoked Mm -hmm. Dogmatica Shadal, just this pile, and they're like, okay, the problem, here are the problem cards. When you list all the cards that they would hit, that would be Nadir Servant, all the cards you still sit in Winda. Of those, Winda is the only one they're 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 not looking to make any money off of anytime soon. So Window would be the one to get hit. Right. From a money-making standpoint. However, from a game design standpoint, me personally, I think the better option would be if you're going to touch Window, limit Window, ban Schism outright. Like, as a Shadal player, I hate Schism. Well, I mean, you love what it does when you play it, but... Not even. I, I feel dirty after <laughs> flipping Schism. I think you can even hear it in my voice every single time I flip Schism on you. Just Schism. <laughs> the crazy part is that I don't think that Schism is an inherently unfair card. I really don't. And the reason for that is because it's been a trap. Not only is it a trap, it's a continuous trap, which means it must be face up on the field to resolve and activate its effect. So the card loses to MST or Cosmic. Mm-hmm. So... What you can do is, you can just chain one of those cards to the activation. It, you can't get the effect off. So, the qu- the thing I think is that Schism, because it's a trap card being so slow, you have to wait a full turn after it's set to activate it. You have to, you know, all these things. If you look at the other cards on the ban list in the ban section <laughs> for the traps, Schism is nothing like those cards. I mean, we're we're talking a, li- a list of not even ten cards, nine cards. Last turn, that card's broken for a number of different reasons. Return from the different dimension, broken. Royal oppression, oppressive and broken. Self destruct button, that is a game issue. That's a tournament issue. It causes ties. Six sense, broken. Time seal skips your punch draw phase. That's an issue. Trap does shoot. Infinite hand knowledge. That's a problem. Ultimate offering. Infinite normal summons. An issue. And Vanity's emptiness. Oppressive. These kinds of cards, to me, they don't hold up to Schism. Schism is not in that caliber of card. To get banned as a trap card, you truly have to be an issue. Which, don't get me wrong, Schism is an issue. But it has to be... um, It has to be the biggest problem card in the format. Playable and everything. Now, on that list, there is one trap card I do think needs to be added. Pole position. That needs to just be banned. But <laughs> To be fair, to be fair, Konami did put it in the official ruling docs how did how that resolves. Oh, yeah, but I, I still think they should just ban it. They, they should never have made the card. Anyway. It, okay. it does cause issues on... Okay. Um, but, completely different discussion. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so, the thing about, uh, about Schism is that it could very possibly be a... It could straight up become Vanity's Emptiness by making by making Winda. It can also become Foolish Burial on your turn, uh, meaning I could meaning that uh, during my opponent's turn I could schism into Construct, Construct. Mill, and then mill out Aerial Triple DD Crow right there. Yeah, it's, um, that's another, an issue. Yeah, another problem is I can make App Clone during your turn. I can make Shekinaga for the 
uh, negate. I could make uh, Grista for the negate if I used Ash. Let's um, let's let's. So we do have to wrap this up because we need to move on in time. I'm not yeah. trying to cut you oh, off. No, no, you're good. Uh, but one more thing to re- go for it. To remind about about Shadow Schism. It's searchable. Yeah, it's it's insane, honestly. So there's to wrap this up though. There's a list of about three or four cards. I'm I'm just gonna hit you with them, and you give your opinion on it, and just rapid fire. Where do you think it should be out on the ban list? Fair enough. We just just what hits what you know forbidden, limited, semi limited, oh, yeah. unlimited. What what hits you? Nadir servant. One. It's a limited. Yep. Magical meltdown. Oh, limited. Alistair the Invoker. Uh, one or three. No in between, yeah. No in between, one or three. El Shadal Apcalon. One or three. Winda. One or three. You're not supposed to use an or. You're supposed to just hit Oh, yeah, I, 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 I know. But, I mean, if if stuff has to get hit, I would put Winda and Apcalon at one. As That's a Shadal player, by the way. So this is so funny. We went over the show. We, we typed up all the show notes mm-hmm. going into this, and I... I mentioned, I was like, wow. I said, the show notes really lean towards all these reasons they shouldn't ban Winda. And I, when we were having this discussion, I said, Winda should be banned. And I said, it's hilarious because it's very clear who typed up these show notes. Oh, oh yes, because it was my understanding that he, that, uh, yeah, I was there with then yeah, yeah. type of his own show notes. No, well, you know, it'd be like that. So what was funny, though, is I'm just, I, I, I read over the show notes. I promise I did. But I somehow missed the part where in three or four asterisks, giant, all caps. However, if Konami was to hit this issue, they'd ban Winda. Oh, absolutely. 100%. All these reasons why they shouldn't, they would definitely ban Winda. Oh, 100%. I know them. (laughs) We've been in a long time. We've seen many things. Alrighty, let's move on into something else. This is some news that we just got today as we're uh, just a few minutes before we... uh, before we read this, before, I mean, before we started this, uh, the Cyber Style Structure deck. Well, uh, the original was Cyber Style. This successor is Cyber Strike in the TCG, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is correct. And and the OCG, it's called. Um, in the OCG, the whole point behind the name is that it's the cy- Cyber Style of dueling, mm-hmm. which is what uh, Zane Truesdale used with the Cyber Cyber Dragons, and then. He decided I need more power and blah 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 because right. he, he he was GX's Kaiba and s- decided to go the Cyber Dark style, right. which is the Cyber Dark Dragons. So this structure deck, they originated it with Cyber Style, which was all Cyber Dragons, and now it's a Cyber Cyber Dragon slash Cyber, cyber Dark, dark uh, structure that, deck. So the OCG is called Cyber Style Successor. It is the successor to the Cyber Style. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the TCG title for it is Cyber, Cyber Strike. Strike, right? Because so, the that never got translated into the uh, into the English version of the manga or the anime, right? So, what we really have here is so the OCG had they did this start doing this thing where they retrain all the structure mm-hmm. decks where they they retrained the Machina structure deck into the Mechanized Mayhem. They retrained the Dino structure deck and zombies, zombies, right? They've they've done they've done several. And the one they're doing now is the Cyber Dragon one, which came out, I think, 2016, 2015, something like that. Yeah. And what's really interesting about this, though, is that, like, they didn't do the Dragoonity structure deck here. But they got a Dragoonity structure deck re-release over there. So, but what's where we're going with this is we found out some of the reprints. Two, in particular. Right. That, so... They put them in, they reprinted them in the OCG, but we still don't know if they're coming to the TCG. (sighs) We're going to quit beating around the bush. The OCG is getting an infinite impermanence reprint and a lightning storm reprint. In a structure deck. Yeah. Come on. What what is this? You got to be kidding me. Um, What are the odds that we get those here? Oh, zero. Zero. It's zero that we're getting both. Think about how little faith we have in Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG to get this right. I I mean that we I, couldn't even get we couldn't even get evenly matched. Oh no no! And like, didn't the uh, OCG version of the Ice Barrier Structure Deck get a uh, Ice Dragon's Prison in it? I 
don't know. Let me... it, it's neither here nor there. We're we're used to Konami being incredibly hit and miss with the reprints on with the structure deck reprints. Um, you know, you know, going all the way back to Dino Ride before I met when they released the Master Hyperion structure deck and that Judgment reprint. That solemn judgment reprint, and then the Salamangrate structure deck had the uh, Ash Blossom reprint, but then you had the the uh, Ice Barrier structure deck, which had what Ice Ice Dragon Mirror, Trishula. Yeah, this deck. So I'm looking at the card list right now for the uh, the Ice Dragon structure deck. They didn't have anything good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely not on the TCG. They oh, Fiendish Chain reprint. Ooh. Yeah, that's awesome in 2021 where... Uh, I mean, at least Moon the... Glacier. Yeah, I mean, at least the... Uh, Genex Controller. The the Shark Tribe before the Spirit Charmer Star Trek had Dark Ruler No More and Denko Seca, which Denko Seca is still meh, but that Dark Ruler No More was nice. Yeah, but... that I think that... that w- okay, so which one was supposed to have Evenly? Oh, it was the Dragoonity Spe- Shark Trek had Evenly. Was it the Dragoonity one? Yeah. In the OCG. In the OCG. Oh, okay. Which we, which instead they just reprint. Which instead, what they did with us is all the new Dragoonity stuff got put, got shoved into Ghosts from the Past instead of a structure deck. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like this. Mm. Uh, that being said, there's also, uh. Let's see, attachment Cyburn. That one's talking about for like a split second. It has all the stuff of Union Monster, but it itself isn't a Union Monster. So I'll be honest, I'm looking here at the at the deck list for um the Japanese freezing change structure deck. It wasn't really that good either. Oh, okay. They got I, they had a point they had a pointer of the red lotus, which at the time had not been reprinted yet over okay. here. So but that's still not... Yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Okay, I stand corrected. Well, but the other thing was... The Solemn Warning, Evenly Matched, Deep, Deep Barrier, Metaverse, Dark Ruler No More, Twin Twisters, Terraforming. That was the reprints for the Spirit, Spirit Charmer. So yeah. they, they had Dark Ruler and Evenly. We Ugh. just got Dark Ruler. Which is disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Uh, especially considering Crusty. we didn't get... Evenly matched. We did eventually get a reprint goes from the past, but yeah, there should be. I don't know. It bothers me to no end that the OCG gets all these amazing reprints, and for that matter, they get these cards in different rarities to begin with. Uh, some of these car, uh, some of the better cards that are staples over here that are secret lightning storm, and st- the higher rarity staples over there, I I think were at rare. Yeah, and well, and the thing is, what's really cool is they have a system in the OCG more like Magic the Gathering does here, where if it is printed in a rare over there, it could come in rare, and then it could also come in parallel rare, it could come in astral rare, it could come in all these different rarities, ghost rare, whatever, and we don't really have that over here. It comes in whatever rarity it comes in, and it just really bothers me to no end that we don't get those... We don't get the benefit of those equal rarities like they do. Oh yeah, no, we um we get what we get. Right. So that kind of is gonna bring us into our last topic here, which is something that's a bit worrying in the community. Which is the reports of, and we don't know we can't really speak too much about this ourselves because our Walmart doesn't have this, but there have been reports of certain Walmarts and Targets which are no longer going to sell trading cards. No, or No Magic, no, no Pokemon, Pokemon right. no Yu-Gi-Oh, which is the big thing on this on uh, this podcast. Right. And the reason that they're saying this, which Target has been limiting down to a quantity of two of whatever you're buying per customer at a time, which is in the interest of keeping scalpers from buying up their entire supply the second they hit the shelves and scalping them online for big bucks. But Walmart posted a sign. I know that it was posted on Team APS's Twitter, which they're only an hour to two hours from us. They're not far at all from us. So 
we were wondering if it was going to impact us here, and we haven't seen a sign like this yet, but we're not saying it won't show up soon. Yeah. Or if they just won't, or if they'll just not, re- they'll just say, we're not going to restock anymore, not tell anyone, and then once they're out, they're out. Right. So this, But the sign said, due to inappropriate customer behavior and increased demands, that they did not want the vendors to restock trading cards until further notice. That's pretty worrying. This is the entry. This is the barrier point. This is the entry point for kids. This is the entry point. You know, sure, they can go to the local card shop and support the local card shop. That's awesome. But nobody's going to think to go to a local card shop. Eight-year-old Timmy down the street isn't going to look at their parent and say, hey, let bring, take me to the card shop so I can buy cards. They're, they're going to be walking through Walmart, see the cards on the aisle, and say, hey, those look cool. I want to get those. And then they buy several packs of those. They have the cards. They don't know what to do with them. And then they start Googling. And all, what do you know, there's a shop not far from me. And then they go to the shop. And then they spend money at the shop. That sounds like a personal story. Because that's pretty much what happened to both of us. Right. But And see, that that's another thing. We come from an area where our local card shop, we have two shops. We have one that's 55 minutes away. And we have one that's an hour and 20 minutes mm-hmm. away. No kid around here is going to convince their parents to, to drive them an yeah. hour yeah that's not gonna happen so for us this is extremely worrisome less for us ourselves but for the new players the community the, yeah the kids just you know it's upsetting it really is yeah but then something else i didn't like i understand why they did it was just the vagueness of inappropriate customer behavior and increased demand absolutely i mean because the inappropriate customer behavior could be uh theft it could just all right being the scalpers themselves um another possibility is a harassment from people constantly asking if they're getting the new set have they got the new set yet when's the new set coming right, out? right harassing the employees of the store something else that i saw and i saw a video of this on twitter i i spent a lot of my time on twitter but I saw a video of some members of, I don't know which community it was. I don't know if it was Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! So I don't want to throw stones. It could it could have been Yu-Gi-Oh! players. I, I don't know. But I did see some members of one of the TCG communities. As they were restocking, there was about 10 people from one group surrounding the restocker. And when a small kid or somebody would walk by... They would yell obscenities at the kids and their parents and say, oh, you're not getting any cards today and, you know, things like that. And that's just, that's unacceptable, honestly. In a community where we're trying to embrace not just the other members of the community, we're trying to embrace new players, and this is not a way to do that. Oh, absolutely. That's a good way to have people just go, I'm just not going to play. Yeah. And then in... A decade from now, there are no other players. It gives the community a bad name on top, which is not what we want. Absolutely not. Um, now, as of today, earlier today, I think uh, you went you went to the Walmart here to check them out? Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We still had some stuff. Most of the stuff that we have at our local Walmart, though, is all... It's small stuff, you know? Yeah. it's. It, I mean, it took them two months to get uh, premium gold literally we haven't seen the first ghost from the past we haven't seen the first ancient guardians uh stuff that's been on released for two to three weeks now mm-hmm. we haven't seen a lot of things uh oh, yeah. we're still we saw chaos impact blisters in our store oh yeah um and like the only the place that we have where we live to go get cards from is gamestop um which has been sold out of everything for months well no because uh Oh, okay, okay. So when I actually went to go pre-order, uh, goes from the past, ancient Guardians? maximum gold. Okay, yeah, maximum gold. Um, because I, you know, because you would just told me that yeah, I could pre-order games. I didn't know I right. could do that. So went in there and I was like, hey, and this was three weeks uh, out, almost a month out from when the set Release, actually releases. Yeah. They had already closed down. Uh, they'd already stopped taking pre-orders on it. Uh, because for whatever reason, about two or three weeks out, they stopped taking pre-orders on. Trading card stuff, probably due to they don't want to have a bunch of stock lying around and no one come pick it up. Um, and so then I asked, hey, you're going to have any the day comes out. Well, no one pre-ordered, so I don't know. 
It's a 50-50 shot at that point. Yeah. Uh, the day it came out, I called and I didn't have anything. All they had was the Rex Weevil Speed Duel structure deck. Yeah, it's not... Mm, it's not ideal. Oh, yeah. The, the community is really in a bad spot. I don't think many people realize just how bad of a spot the community is in. Because if you look at it and you think about it, without local vending and retail... There's no, like, like, like I was saying earlier, unless somebody knows to get online and Google and look things up, this game has no representation. People aren't going to think, you know, I want to get into a card game today. Let's pick Yu-Gi-Oh! and go on TCG Play and start ordering cards. Oh, yeah. It's not realistic. Yeah, or unless you, like, know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Right. Like, uh, like little kid going, oh, I want to get into Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, his, his friend's going, oh, my big brother's into that. Right. And then that kind of connection, that's not common. Yeah. It's, you can't rely on that to get people into the game. I you wish, just can't. I wish we could. Yeah. Hmm. It presents. It really presents some interesting uh, thoughts that Konami's really going to have to think long and hard about what the solution here is. Whether it be third-party vending, you know, uh, promotion of more card shops. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, okay. So like their card shop of the week thing, that's already doing good things. I, in my opinion, that's, that's great where they, uh, on their Twitter, they go, Hey, check out this OTS and they right. show pictures of, them and they talk about it. That's great. Uh, you know, then, you know, the sneak peeks are also fantastic. You can you go to, an o, you know, you go to an OTS, you can get stuff like a week early. That's also great. Lost Star Promotions. Lost Star Promotions are amazing. OTS Packs. OTS Packs are also amazing. They're already doing a lot to help. The problem is now getting people in the door to begin with. Getting people to... Getting it so that people know to go to these places to begin with. Right. And they know to go for Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Um, I mean, but there's... I, I... I don't have a degree in this kind of thing, so I, I don't know how they would do this kind of thing. I'm not... Yeah, we're, we're not marketing specialists, economists, anything like that. But something does have to be said, though, for a lot of the blame here being on the scalpers. Uh, I mean, for somebody to be able to walk into the local Walmart, buy packs at the Walmart at $4 a pack, and turn around and scalp it online for $8, dollars $10, $12, $15, that's, that's insanity. Oh, yeah. Especially when Walmart was only stocking blisters and structured X and tins to begin with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't know me started on uh, actual booster uh, booster boxes and booster packs. Do you remember when Walmart would have stuff like that? No, I don't. I want to say that there was a time when you could go to Walmart and buy. Like, they would have, like, an opened box. Like, we're talking... Right when the game first came out, they would have oh, like a yeah. sealed box. Yeah, because yeah, that's all they. Yeah, because at the time, that's all they were selling. Right, they didn't have. Well, I don't. I don't know. They might have had sealed blisters, but it wasn't like it is now. And it wasn't until theft really became an issue that they yeah. started doing the sealed blisters as an attempt to curb that. But yeah. they, there was a time when you could go in and they would just have an opened box with the packs of cards, and you just grab five, eight, ten packs in your hand out of a booster box. And walk up, give them to the cashier, and scan them and pay for them. Or, so, in theory, you could grab an entire box at one time. And then they started differentiating between a retail booster box and a hobby booster box, which went specifically to hobby stores and things like that. And what it did was, the hobby booster boxes, the supers and the ultras came as ultimate rares. And the retail ones, it was the rares that came as ultimate rares. So, it provided... A way that you, a, a a sense of exclusivity mm-hmm. to the ultimate rares, not on top of what they already were. You had right. to get, you had to buy stuff at retail, and then you had to buy stuff at hobbies to get these two different rarities, which I think is a great concept. Something that mm-hmm. they might think about bringing back. Oh, very. Oh, yeah. Very, very possibly. Um, uh, first thing I could think of is. Uh, Maybe make a new rarity that rarity that's only in ho- uh, in hobby shops, uh, in OTSs, something like that. Yeah. Now we also might be just talking out our rear ends and have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, I mean that is 
pretty much <laughs> what it is. <laughs> well, um, perspective but, is never a bad thing, though. A- absolutely. It, Just it, from the common player. Oh, yeah. Uh, bare minimum, it's uh, let's not do that. That's right. something we, we didn't think to not do. So now we know to not do it. Yes. Something else that could solve this issue would be... Well, I wouldn't say solve an issue, but something else that could help mitigate would be a third party, or well, not a third party, but like a, a first party Konami built uh, online platform to play. Because if you think about it, and not not just Duel Links, I, I really mean a a platform to play the real card game in a competitive tournament environment. Somewhere where Konami might run tournaments, you know. Something kind of like Magic the, the Gathering Arena. Exactly. Even Pokemon has something similar, mm-hmm. which I think is, I don't Coliseum maybe, something on that line. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but something along those lines. But then uh, another good thing about that sort of thing is because then they can get new rulings out immediately upon a card's release. Right, and not just that, but you also give the ability to take cards to where you don't have to play in person, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to have the physical cardboard. So if your Walmart doesn't have stock, you just play on the app. Mm -hmm. The only issue is that if you spend a bunch of money on that app for cards you don't have in real life, then it takes away a lot of the benefit of paying that money so there might need to be some form of kind of like what pokemon tcg does where you can buy them in the app but you can also buy the regular packs and have a little qr code and stuff which oh yeah i guess it hasn't stopped pokemon from being sold out everywhere but oh yeah um i mean magic the gathering also does that um now something that oh, magic- yeah i didn't realize that arena had oh, yeah. that uh, but now something else that Magic the Gathering the uh, Arena has is that um, okay, so when you put in your QR your QR code or whatever, gives you a pack you open, you get random cards like right. you would. Um, you can then take your cards and melt them down into uh, raw materials and use those raw materials to make the card you want. Gives you an avenue to get the card you want. Exactly, you know, you know, and then you can also just straight up buy packs. Um, you can actually earn packs too. You can uh, do you know you can do stuff in the game, challenges and things of that sort. Yeah, yeah, and earn pa- you know something else that Konami could also do to get let you get the end game packs if you don't if you can't buy the physical product. Right. Well, we hope they do something like that. We hope that they uh, we hope that they listen to us and take our advice. That would be ideal. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> they're not. In the meantime, thank you everybody for listening. That's pretty much going to wrap us up for today's episode. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. We will be coming at you regularly with episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays until ban list season. We'll hit you with the emergency pod for the ban list. In the meantime, you can follow us on Spotify. Subscribe. You don't have to listen to every episode. Just subscribe to us. It'll get us mm-hmm. the download anyway. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to us. We are also on Google Podcasts. We're on Podbean. We're on Anchor. Hopefully, in the next few days, we'll be on Apple Podcasts. Still still waiting on them. That's right. Once we get the acceptance and the monetization from all of these platforms, we'll be on everywhere that you want to listen to your podcast. We'll be there. We'll be available. Follow us on Twitter at D underscore duo underscore podcast. You can follow me at Dat Chumley and Caleb. What's your handle? Oh, uh, I don't have one yet. You don't have a Twitter? Not yet. I thought you had one. Oh, uh, give me just a minute. I'll make one. Okay, we're gonna do this live on the air. Oh yeah, give me just a hot second. I thought you were at Jam the Man. Yep, at Jam the Man seventeen. Jam the I, Man seventeen. I completely forgot I made one. <laughs> Oh man. Well, listen, the point is we're here. We're we're here on all platforms. Follow us on wherever you can. And we're going to do our best to always be bringing you the best content that we can bring you. Until the next one, thank you. Have a good day. You have a great one, guys. Woo. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. 
Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com